again, once again, the old Chase Jones Society. Thank y'all for streaming with us today. I am Chris Ali, or at least my name is Chris Ali, but I am Chris Ali on Instagram. So if you want to find me on there, that'd be cool. Also, uh, look for us on NC Film Society on Instagram. Thank y'all for rocking with us again today. Uh, you know, this podcast experience, and we do this for y'all. And uh, when I say y'all, or when I say we, rather, I'm talking about the head honcho himself, the Black Bill Simmons. If y'all don't know who he <laughs> is, go ahead and Google him up. Because <laughs> this dude here, man, uh, coming up, bro, is the future of uh, podcasting and everything digital media, man. Big Derek in the building with me today. What's good, bro? What's good? What's good, man? man? Well, we got literally in the building, the digital building. The digital building. Until the digital we get, building. Once we get that studio, right? That studio, we'll be in the building for good. <laughs> What's good with you, bro? Man, I'm hanging in there, bro. On this one, we're talking about the new Jamie Foxx film streaming on Netflix. Project Power uh, came out this month, August 14th, starring Jamie Foxx, uh, a newer actress I haven't seen before, Dominique Fishback, and uh, George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So we'll be talking about that a little later on. But wasting no more time, we're going to get to these notes as we do, compare these notes with my guy Derek, and just kind of go over some things that we have seen or came across in the world of cinema in the last few days. As always, I'm going to throw it to you, Derek, and let you have it. I kind of already know where you're going to go first, though. If I, if I know you like I think I know you. Do you? I, think I, I think I know what, what got your attention this week, bro. But go ahead. About two or you three got things got my attention this week, man. Actually, maybe four. All right. But I'm gonna start with this first one. Uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO. Mm-hmm. That show, um, that's um, produced by um, what's my guy's name? Uh, uh, Jordan Peele, Jordan mm-hmm. Peele and J.J. Abrams. Uh, bro, have you seen that? Have you checked it out? I have. I've heard a lot about it, but I mean, between I'm, I'm caught up in Pussy Valley and I'm well, P Valley. <laughs> I'm caught up in P Valley and uh, in the shower right now. Um, but yes. I, that is one show I've been hearing about, and I I might yes. I might get to it tonight. So yes, that is, it's only one episode. I mean, t- uh, tonight like, the second one comes out. Will be the second. Okay, so yeah. I ain't too far back. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. I, that okay. is phenomenal. Okay. That is phenomenal. I'm not going to say anything about it. Just check it out, and then okay. we can we can we can discuss that. But like you just said, the shy. The shy, man. Let's 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 hit that. <sighs> because we haven't talked about that show enough. Oh yeah. my god. We are. Uh, did you see? So we're on episode nine or ten this yes. week, right? Yes. So well, I, I saw. I saw I I, I saw the latest one. My bad. Go ahead. Wait, wait. The latest one was yesterday, right? Today? No, today. today. It comes out today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I know yeah, when you go on Showtime, anytime it comes out the day prior. Oh, really? Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't seen that one, and that's actually the, that'll be the the season finale. Um. This week? Uh, yeah. This last one? Yes. The season finale? Oh, I didn't know that. Season finale. Yeah. I am, bro. All right. Well, first, uh, since the season for now, I didn't know this week was the last week. I'm over <laughs> that. Damn. Yeah. Um, but since that is the case, then rest in peace to Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and just put that out there. 
Let's go ahead and put, yeah, man, yeah. Rest in peace to Ronnie. If y'all don't want the spoilers on this one, then go ahead and just run it up or, or go check it out if you really if it really means that much to you. Go check it out. But <laughs> we got we got to talk about this one, real quick. bro. I so, was not expecting that. Kudos to Lena Waithe, bro. Um, she's done something that I have um, that I look for when I'm watching, uh, uh, whether it's a show or, or a film. Mm-hmm. And she took me out of the mindset of a, of a, of a producer. Um, when I'm look, I look around, I look at the elements to see what's what and all that other stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I dissect everything of, of the, of the project. She mm-hmm. took me completely out of that. I like, I, dive into these characters their stories their their perspective their emotions everything that to me is that is the um thing that separates the greats from the from the rest she she has not only shown that that she could um redirect the show from Jason Mitchell and Tiffany Boone Mm -hmm. um but actually give it new life and and even go deeper into different storylines and bro I was so caught up in what was going on I did not I saw when when Ronnie was walking um I forget the character's name, but uh, when he was walking with um, you mean his real name, the lady. No, no, no. Uh, the lady who's who's that he's oh his uh, the uh, mother his, his girlfriend his girlfriend yeah ex girlfriend uh, uh, Tracy Tracy when Tracy. when when they were walking away from the uh, from the the barbecue, I saw the figure behind him, but mm-hmm. I saw the figure last second yeah. yeah oh my god man chills ran up and down my spine man i i was jaw to the floor yeah when he pulled that trigger i i oh my god oh <sighs> uh, yeah it, it, it was very good storytelling um yeah you know it it um it, it gave you a real euphoric since so to speak, yeah. watching the scenes that, that kind of preceded that, um, you know, it just seemed like you were witnessing Ronnie's redemption. Yeah, you know, and just to talk a little bit about it, uh, because you know, people may be listening that really may not be all that familiar with it, but um, Ronnie was a character on the show who, from the get go, was presented to be a hated character. You know what I mean? Um, he just kind of a roundabout story. He was avenging the death of his son um, mm-hmm. that appeared in earlier episodes. But it, was, it might have been the first episode. This all might be the first time episode. Yeah, first, yeah, that whole first season. Yeah. Um, he was avenging the death of, of his uh, son, stepson, something like that. And uh, in the process of, of him seeking vengeance, he kills an innocent young man himself. You know, mistaken identity type of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout this show, he, he is just... Uh, just bombarded with 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 guilt, you know, guilt and and hatred from the community. For sure, you know. So, 
fast forward now, fast forwarding now to this season, where he uh, is responsible for finding a kidnapped character, and you know, kind of rebounding himself to some extent, trying to rebuild rebuild his, his reputation and, and, his, and his pride. He's uh, he's killed by um, by I guess a friend of the kid that he ended up killing in yeah. the earlier episodes, in the earlier seasons. So there's some retribution that takes place from another kid, um, who, like I said, was a friend of the, of the victim, one of the victims that killed Ronnie. And I guess that's supposed to be our climax for the season right there. Yeah. You know, because yeah. like I said, I didn't know this particular last episode was the last one. And just to talk about that a little bit, um, I don't know, how, what, oh, you haven't seen it though. You can't talk about that. What? The, the recent episode that came out today. But, uh no, not not well. I've I've I saw up until episode nine. I haven't seen the newest right. episode. The new yet. one, yeah. The new one came out today. Episode ten came out today. So we'll wait till you yeah. get to that. Okay. And um, and then we'll go into that, I guess. But we're going probably we probably need to think about. I mean, I know you got a lot on your plate, man. But we probably need to think about maybe doing a, a, a little sub podcast to discuss some of those episodes because the shot has to be it. one of the best shows. Now we can talk about black shows too. But oh yeah. It's definitely one of the best shows on TV. The, one of the sure. best shows I've seen probably within the last five years. For sure. For sure. You know? I, I have no issue with saying that because um, if you even compare it to uh, bigger uh, budgeted shows like, like Game of Thrones, for example, mm-hmm. um, they started getting lazy with their story uh, development toward yeah. the last season. Um, yeah. And there were a lot of loose loose ends with the show itself that people that that have been sticking with that show from the beginning, you know, are wondering like what happened with this storyline, what happened with this character, and all this other stuff. It's right. just it's just nothing. There's some of it that's not that was um, that wasn't uh, addressed, and that's right. partly because the um, the writers, I believe, were actually going to go right on uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Star Wars films, and then they even got fired from that job. So it was like there was no reason to even rush on the on on this on this last season. You mentioned uh, Jason Mitchell earlier, who was the star of this show when yeah. this show came out. Yeah, uh, Jason Mitchell and Tiffany Boone, two characters that did not return after the first season. Uh, some of y'all may have heard about that, and definitely those of y'all who followed the show like we did. Uh, uh, are aware of this, that Jason Mitchell and Tiffany Boone were two, like I said, two main characters, two very pivotal characters in this story. Yeah. Both of them left uh, after the first season, well, first or second season. I want to say that was it the first, yeah, first season. First season. No, second. The second season. Okay. Second, they, yeah. left, they left uh, the show and um, quite frankly, a lot of fans like myself of the show doubted that this story would be able to continue um, with any interest without Jason Mitchell. Right. And, and Tiffany Boone. But uh, like you said, Lena Waithe got to take my hat off to her, man. She did it. You know, she, she, she was able to create something with the, with, the, uh, with the rest of the show, and she did phenomenal things with the rest, with the rest of the characters that she had worked yeah. with. Yeah. And um, I definitely hope this show comes back for another season. I'm, I'm looking for this show to come back. And it ended I, on, a, on a, light, a, a, a much lighter note and a lot calmer than, than I thought it would, which is why I didn't think this was the last episode. Okay. But um, overall, though, man, I enjoyed this season. Candy, uh, let's talk about Candy Burris a little bit. Right. Because a lot, matter of fact, 
Candy Burris and uh, Lala, who yes. made appearances on this particular season yes. as new characters. Yes. I had no faith in them. All right. Bro. I, I just got to be honest. <laughs> I just got to be honest. I had no faith in them that these were two characters that, that, that I would take any interest in just based on what I know of the act. I don't really know anything of, of Candy's acting work. Um, and then when you're talking about Lala, you know, I really wasn't pleased with her. I, I never really saw much uh, in her character or what she did on Power, you know, with the character she uh -huh. had on Power. But this one she held down. I'll I take my head off to her. Yeah. I, I can this see role, the growth. Harry and Candy. Yeah. You know I mean, really brought something to this story, man. They really, they really brought something um, that I, I, you, you know, you never really see on this show. Too right. Much, you right. Know I mean? From from females, I don't want to say class because that's the, that's not saying that the other female characters <laughs> lack class, but you get a, a, a pretty much a sense of the hood that, that you're dealing with. Oh yeah. With other like the mother, uh, Emmett's mother. Uh, yeah. Tiffany, who's Emmett's girlfriend, and, and a few others. I mean, you know, there's an authenticity to Chicago that, that you relate to with the female characters on it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of dedicated to that, to that, you know, to the hood, to the streets. For where sure. you got uh, La, uh, Lala's character and Candy's character, just bring another dimension to the female voice on right. this show. Right. Um, so I, I like it, man. I don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, I, want, I know we got a lot of stuff to get into, but. I want to recommend yeah. that show. If this is, in fact, the last uh, show of the season that came on today, go ahead and do yourselves a favor, man, and uh, binge watch the show. Oh, for sure, for sure. Okay. And and I'll say I'll say it's about Lala. Um, based off what I saw with her on Power, I was actually pissed that she was coming on the shy. Yeah, me too. I was pissed. Me too. Because I, she was such a her character. I should say was such a distraction, but uh, on on power. But her acting ability to me as well wasn't as as sharpened. Well, Lala power. is not. When you think about Lala, you don't really emphasize yeah. her acting. You know, right. I, I didn't. Right. I really don't know of anything she's done acting wise that got my attention. You you can it, it always kind of appeared like she was cast because she was Lala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. in the world, even on power, you know, it's like that's, that's a role, that's a, a role she got just because she's a celebrity. You know, there's yes. really no acting that uh, you can identify with. You for know, sure, uh, for sure. In, in, in power with her. But for this sure. one right here, man, um, I don't know. I, it's hard to put my finger on it, but I took her serious. I, I, I think did she too. held it down. I did. I think she held it down. I think part of it is so, you know, um, now, not to go on a tangent, but you know how within basketball, um, you say that there are players that play better in specific systems than in others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe this might be it too. It the same thing with her. So like with power, with the writing and the show direction and all that stuff, the, 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 the writers actually got mad lazy on that show too. Like after season four, that show was pretty much trash. Yeah. Um, and I think that may have been a, a part in that because they elevated her role on that show from just being a support, um, supporting a role to one of the main characters on the show. Mm -hmm. And the foundation for the show was absolutely trash after, after a while. Um, I'm, I'm starting to think that it, not to say she's like Viola Davis, but the it's, it's probably that 
the 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 show that she's on now with the shy mm-hmm. is better suited for her talent mm-hmm. and 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 those writers are able to highlight the 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 strengths within her within her ability and i think they did a phenomenal job with her character because it wasn't she wasn't too much she wasn't she wasn't uh underutilized she was used just the right amount and right. and and she did a phenomenal job herself not not right. just the writing but her talents were really were really good in this show so i'm hoping that she develops and gets better because if this is where she builds from then i'm 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 happy i can see that i can see yeah. that I'm happy. What else you got, man? You said you had a couple things going on. So what? What else? Ah, uh, I uh finally got to watch the sequel to Jumanji, the uh the newer Jumanji. Um, I watched the 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 first one um with Kevin Hart and The Rock, I think like last year, and I had not seen the second one that they were that they did. Um, I watched that. I think actually, I think like last Sunday. Um, they did a phenomenal job. I, I'm, okay, I'm. I, I, re- I don't. I haven't seen the first one. Okay, check <laughs> it out. Check it out because the the Jumanji that we know with Robin Williams, um, that's a classic. Right. That's an absolute classic. Right. Um, they did not. I was worried about that one because I, I went before I saw it because of the fact that I was thinking that this was going to be a remake and I'm trying, I'm like trying to figure out like how they were going to do it. They made it their own. They, they, they were inclusive with the original Jumanji film. Um, there are parts of it that were actually utilized with the storyline but they made it their own. They they did they didn't do a remake, they just added on. So this is this was to me this is just like a sequel. This wasn't a reboot or anything like that. This was this was uh this was good. This was okay. on its own, able to stay stand on its two legs. Was it funny? Funny as hell. Okay. Funny as hell. Um it it, it based on when you think about the original Jumanji and you mm-hmm. think about uh, this cast, uh, you could somewhat feel nervous about it. Um, we come, we're talking about The Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could somewhat feel nervous about it. I love what they did with this story. I love what they did with it. And then the, this, the, the second one that they did, um, just really built on what was uh, with the first one. It, it was very well done. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Funny as hell. Um, you know, still still true to the essence of the of the of the original uh, without without doing too much. So mm-hmm. I, I I think they I think they did a really good job with it. I'm 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 impressed with it. We gotta put that on the list then. Jumanji, yeah. Jumanji one and two. Yeah. Well, technically, three, two, and three. Oh, that's right. Because this one, you said the second one was more of a continuation from the first. Yeah. One. They didn't yeah. Get, okay. All yeah. right. All right. And and what else, man? I'm trying because so far I didn't consider none of this, none of these uh, projects right here when I thought about 
what you may be talking about today or what, what you may have had. Oh, really? Today. No, I'm wrong on these two. So you said the third one. So you had three of them, right? Uh, those are those are my three. I, I think I may have had another one, but I can't remember what it was. So there's no, you, you don't have any any commentary for the Batman deep 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 Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me tell you something. I don't watch trailers. Okay. I have not watched a a trailer in full probably probably since Iron Man two came out, and that was maybe. God, that was maybe 2012 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch trailers anymore because they, 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 they extend. Um, so when when I was a kid, I remember trailers being like maybe a minute, a minute and a half long. Mm-hmm. And now the more I'm seeing trailers, they're around two and a half, three minutes long, and they're telling the full story of the movie within that three minutes and I almost like short film it's almost like a short film yeah and I don't like that I hate that because I remember I remember what I see so when I go into the movie go to watch the movie and 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 I'm sitting there and I see something happen think and and they you know how sometimes they might have a cliffhanger like someone died or something like that like I'm I'm sitting there in the movie I'm like well this part hasn't happened yet so they're obviously not dead and then sure enough, boom, the hair they pop up. So that that to me is I I I don't um I don't watch trailers anymore. So speaking to the Batman, I didn't watch that. I um saw the the like the first I watched it with me like the first five to eight seconds just to get a sense of storyline or idea or something like that but i mainly when movies are being filmed i I follow along with the uh production itself Mm -hmm. and um you know read different uh commentary or or look at different photos stuff like that and that will tell me a little more so what i want to know without ruining the, the 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 plot or or the twist or whatever you know what i'm saying um, so I'm intrigued to see what, what's going to happen with this movie. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that I've, I've, um, I've heard say that, that this looks phenomenal. And someone even said that he will be the best Batman, um, that we've had, which I know that's, that's actually been Affleck. I can't say that about Robert Pattinson because I don't know what his going to look like. But so far, up until this point, the best you one. You think is Ben Affleck is the best Batman? The best Batman that we've seen on film. Wow. Yeah, not 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 about the story itself, not about the the film itself, but the portrayal of the character. He was the best one. He was the best Batman and best Bruce Wayne combo. Hmm. I've he never was, heard that before. Yeah, man, his Batman, he could turn his head. Like, (laughs) (laughs) if you look at Christian Bale's version, uh, his neck was stiff because his head, uh, the way they built built the um, the cowl, he -hmm. couldn't turn his head, so he had to turn his body and 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 fight in a a specific style of fight in order to actually uh, uh, do the moves. Um, I don't think George Clooney's could turn his head. He had to turn his whole body to look 
left and right. I think Michael Keaton's did as well. Right. Um, I also take into consideration the the voice. Christian Bale sounded like he was about to um about I'm pretty sure that dude walked off set with his throat hurting for the entire production yeah, of that. Yeah, he did feel like he needed to damn like spit some phlegm or something. He needed a throat lozenge or something. A, like a couple, it, yeah. yeah, it was it sounded horrible. So right. I take all that into consideration. For me, Ben Affleck was the best portrayal of a Batman. Um okay. so I'm looking forward to seeing what Robert Robert Pattinson has done because I believe also Jeffrey Wright is in that film and he's gonna be uh, uh Commissioner Gordon, I believe. And that one's going to be very interesting because that's the first, that would be the I first. I think I saw something about Colin Farrell is uh, yeah. cast in, in this, right? Yeah, he's going to be the penguin. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Wright does as the first black uh, Commissioner Gordon. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this. So, because you know I'm a, I'm a superhero film illiterate. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who listens to this podcast probably has picked up on that by now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought I saw something. I could be wrong. Is it Ben Affleck returning for something? Yeah. So. So what is that about? Um. So DC, DC is trash in terms of their films, like their directions, um, or I should say the direction of their films. They they're really mm-hmm. bad. Um. Mm-hmm. But they, so there is such thing within comic books as a multi uh, universe. So you could technically have multiple worlds where there are different versions of different people, different uh, uh, superheroes, all that stuff. They could be, it could be Batman as a regular Batman on, on one earth and then another earth Batman is, is a female. Um, or Batman could be a different, like he'd be a black guy or whatever. It's it's just there. There are different ways to do it. That's just how they built comic books. <clears throat> Excuse me. But with this one, um, there's a character named the Flash that um, can run so fast that he's been able to turn back time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe they're about to get into that because his movie is going to be coming out. I think next year. And that will set the stage for multi-universes um, to be explained. So Ben Affleck will be returning as Batman, but his Batman will not affect Robert Pattinson's Batman. Batman. And how is, that, how is that supposed to work? I mean, when you say multiple universes, you're basically saying that we are, we are to believe as the audience that these are two different stories taking place at two different times. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, two different. Um, two just, just two entirely different stories. We just we just getting them together, so to speak. Two different but, stories but, in two different worlds. In two different worlds. Okay. Yeah. So they, not not in the DC same. DC is world. kind of double dipping. They're creating a whole new Batman audience with this guy. I forget mm-hmm. the name you just said. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, and mm-hmm. they're going to go ahead and, and revisit it again with another A-list actor or with this A-list actor of Ben Affleck. And it sounds like to me it's just money. It's a way. It's a way to cover their tracks In because case the Patterson got fucks it up. They still got the Ben Affleck uh, element to fall back on. Is that what you mean? Uh you could say that. I don't think he's going to mess up with it, but 
so <clears throat> the way that the way that they were originally launching so ridiculous to me, though. <laughs> it, it's it's wild it's wild i know I, it, as a as a fan like i'm batman is my favorite superhero but the marvel universe is significantly better than dc really? but um where where what dc was doing in the beginning so you remember when ben affleck had his batman uh uh henry cavill was superman and man of steel that was the that was a foundation for a, a universe that they were going to build out like marvel has done with the mcu mm-hmm. um they royally screwed that up right. they royally screwed that up um they didn't uh allow Zack snyder to actually do his um his plan for the justice league movie mm-hmm. which basically put a halt to that entire uh, universe in terms of production and what they were going to do. Now they, they sprung off different movies like Aquaman and Wonder Woman from that, that time. Mm-hmm. And they kept those guys, but then they were talking about uh, recasting for other roles. And it did not, it didn't make sense for them to recast like that Batman, for example, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson was going to be a Batman. And then you're looking at, well, how do you fit that Batman into this universe? That doesn't make any sense. So to cover their tracks, <clears throat> excuse me, to cover their tracks, they basically said, okay, let's do a redo. So now Zack Snyder's uh, cut is coming out on HBO next year, a four-hour length uh, film that's going to be cut up into four, uh, four episodes, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, his cut will come out, and they will then launch flash that flash film from there that's going to uh basically reset this entire thing to where it shows we have a multiverse so there's a there's a world over here and there's a world over here and that allows them to uh leave the door open for creating different worlds and then combining them later down the road like if they wanted to they're basically trying to catch up with what marvel has done um over the last 11 12 years mm-hmm. they're trying to catch up with them they're trying to actually have competition it's not going to work though well, I mean, they'll, they'll think, hold their own why do you think um ben affleck or they didn't pursue ben affleck for this the batman uh <clears throat> they originally after. did they originally did because he was going to actually direct that one he was going to star and direct it Okay. I was I was looking forward to that because if you've seen what he's done when he started and directed it, um, directed um, Gone Girl, I believe he directed mm-hmm. that one. Uh, Gone Girl, The Town. Um, no, he didn't direct Gone Girl. Uh, wait a minute, wait, I'm sorry, wait a minute. That's what his brother was in that movie, right? Gone Girl was with, with Casey Affleck. I'm no, sorry. no, no. Gone Girl was, hold on. Gone Girl was Ben Affleck with... Um, Roseman Pike? Is yes. That the one with it? Okay, yes. no, he didn't direct that. Derek he didn't direct that? directed that. Mm-mm. Okay. He did direct um You know what? We all fucked up. I think Gone Girl was a movie that starred his brother and Morgan Freeman. He did direct that. No, no, no. Uh Ben what Affleck movie was that? Ben okay. Affleck was in Gone Girl. Um Casey Affleck did Two by the Sea, I think that was the name of the film. Hmm. No, we gotta go to the books. Uh, he, um, You're talking Gone about Gone Baby Gronk. 
Gone, gone baby, baby gone. gone. Okay, there that's you go. What you're about. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. there you go. No, so but yeah. he didn't direct Gone Girl. Though. That's a David Fincher. Okay, so Ben Affleck. He's but he's he's okay. So I'm I'm messing up. He starred in Dave, in Gone Girl. He starred yes, with Rosamund Pike, but it's a David Fincher film. But right, he directed. So, but uh, he directed, did direct The Town, which is his Ar- best work. Yeah, Town. I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think he did uh, direct Argo. But he's directed a star. He directed in a, Argo. Yeah. Yeah, he's directed a star in a few films. His he's own. He's a pretty good director. I'm not. And I'm he's not really, that from him. He's yeah, he's really, really good. Director. That's what I was hoping to see with the Batman. Um, they. I think they had some either contractual differences um, with negotiation, or they had. Um, creative differences or something like that something to the effect of that it, it made him walk away he was already he was already pretty much done with the with the character because of the fact that uh dc took the direction of the of justice league into a whole different direction than they should have which is why they when when they didn't release the snyder cut that basically pushed him away from not wanting to be batman anymore so he gave that up to to star and direct in the the Batman, mm-hmm. and they recast it to to bring in Robert Pattinson, and they just did it in a different way on their own, and that's what we're at, we're coming out with now. Um, so that one's gonna be that's gonna be a totally different movie, um, in a different universe. It's just it's just different. It has nothing to do with Ben Affleck's version. Um, they they got Matt Reeves to direct it. Uh, apparently, from what I've heard, um, Colin Colin Farrell said that he's got a, he has a limited role in that film. But from what he has seen, this is the best direction for a Batman film he has ever seen, and they did a phenomenal job with it. Um, other other cast members are 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 echoing those sentiments. So I'm. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman, so we have a black Catwoman. Um, oh, they did cast her. I, yes. I knew, she was, I knew she wanted the role, but I didn't know. Yeah. And uh, Andy Serkis is going to be Alfred, which he's not old enough to me. He's not old enough to play Alfred, but that's going to be very interesting to see what his uh, what his role is going to be. But I, I'm I'm hopeful for it. I'm hopeful for it. I I just don't know um, what we're gonna what we're gonna receive with this one, but right. I hope they do a good job with it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, you know, you know I, how I do. I, I casually rock with the with the uh, comic universe style movie, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah, I thought that would have been top of your list, though, man. I guess I, I don't know you as well as I thought I did. Man. Nah, I didn't. So I don't, because it would have been if I watched the trailer. Yeah. I don't watch trailers, though. Yeah. I, I I stay away from them as much as possible. Um, and and I go see the movie, try to make, form my own opinion, and move on from there. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing it, though. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Daniel Kalua, Kalua, is that yes. his name? Yes. Uh, we'll be playing. It's official. He'll be cast to uh, to star as Fred Hampton, late great 
Fred Hampton. And those who don't know him, man, uh, use that Google, man. Fred yes. Hampton was the uh, chairman of the Black Panthers out of Chicago and was said to be and believed to be, as I believe, probably one of the most charismatic um, revolutionary type figures. You know, people would probably call, like to call him civil rights. You know, like people try to box Malcolm X into civil rights yeah. you know, right now. But he's actually a revolutionary. And yeah. um, he was a, a young man out of Chicago, 21 years old, I believe, when he got killed. Yeah, and, I think um, so. Yeah, and it was a just a massive setup that involved the FBI, the Chicago police, and and a few others. But they're doing a story on his life. Um, I think it's going to be centered around uh, the betrayal that led to him being killed and being set yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. And um, the star in Daniel Daniel Kaloa as Fred Hampton. I want to talk about this a little bit, D. Yeah, because um, y'all, you 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 know my, my where I stand with stuff like this. Oh yeah. As far as you know, we've had this conversation. Um, I I I'm I'm not ashamed to say I'm a little divided though when okay. it comes to this. Like this this artistically and and just. Someone who, who who loves the movies, you know what I mean. Ju- Judas uh, and the Black Messiah, right? Judas and the Black Messiah. That's the film. I think yeah. it's due to come out uh, next year. Whenever I don't these this COVID stuff is thing. up in the air. This, yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, that's the film. But um, God, I, I stick to what I said on this program before, you know, on this show, on this podcast before mm-hmm. that. I believe there needs to be a sense of integrity mm-hmm. that Hollywood needs to approach when it comes to casting uh, actors from overseas who just got dark skin, you know, particularly British actors. That's the, that's the, the rage right now to, um, to cast British actors in, in American black roles or, or stories or narratives that are authentic, authentically and organically American for black right. people. Right. Um, I still stick to that criticism that I, I want to see more black actors get black roles, not just melanated actors from other countries getting black roles, because there's a difference between, you know, being black and just melanated. Um, that's another conversation. Yeah. You know, uh, you want to go there? We can. We can touch on them. I mean, we've been yeah. doing two or three hours joining somewhere here. Anyway. Why not? You know, as well, right? <laughs> I mean, go ahead. Because, I mean, let me just throw this out. So yeah. j- just for the, for the sake of, of clarity for, for those I may have thrown off. I do not believe just because somebody has melanin, meaning somebody from the Caribbean, from the continent of Africa, from Jamaica, wherever. Um, I think Jamaica still considers the Caribbean, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't want, I don't believe that just because you come from those places that you could just be considered black. I believe that black is a term authentic to black people or African or, or really Negroes, because <laughs> that's what we initially originally were known as um, in many respects. Negroes, which were right here, native to right here in the United States of America. The term black, which pretty much is Negro in Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, was something that was designated specifically for us as far as a social status is concerned. I'm not talking about um, a description of, of, our, of our skin tone, because we know that we can go in the Bible or we can find like ancient history that describes our people as black, 
because they were trying to describe, you know, what we look like. Mm-hmm. But as far as our social status, as far as our social identity as being black, that is, that originated, and I still believe belongs solely, that designation belongs solely to the African, so-called Africans who were brought over here and were raised up on this continent. Am I making sense with that? Yeah. I, 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 I believe that's a, that's a designation that belongs to us. Now we we call everybody black. That's from that has dark skin is considered black. Uh huh. You know, but since I don't believe in that term African American, or I don't agree with that term African American. I believe that term black is 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 something that is very specific to the people from Africa, so to speak, the Negroes from the United States of America, and we have become to be known as black within the last. I want to say what, uh, definitely since James Brown did the song, I'm Black and I'm Proud, I believe that more people from, more melanated people, you know what I mean, from different parts of the world Mm -hmm. have embraced calling themselves Black because we have accepted the brunt of the the consequence of being Black and redefined what Black is. When I say we, I mean American Black people. Um, Does that mean that we shouldn't be looked at as a unified people or we shouldn't operate in unity and respect? No, not at all. But we got to get designations and shit right, you know, as far as how we're known and how we are classified. We got to restructure that and take control of our own identity. When we were called Negroes, white people deemed us as that. When Negroes begin to kind of devolve into a slur, which is nigger, white people, you know, initiated that. Sure. We were trying to uh, redefine ourselves again and became colored white people, you know, was, was the energy behind that. When we became uh, Afro-African-American, even though Jesse Jackson was instrumental in us being called that, it was still mm-hmm. something that was inspired and, and or I should say allowed rather by white people. Right. You know, but in the 60s, when James Brown said, I'm black and I'm proud, I'm, the context of that black and proud element existed because James Brown lived in a time when being black was something that we were taught not to be proud of. You feel what I'm saying? It was demonized. Africans and other melanated people from other parts of the world never experienced that, didn't have that burden to carry. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's what I mean when I say black actors should play black stories. Because people will hear me say that and say, well, Daniel Daniel Kaluuya, right? Daniel Kaluuya is black. I said, well, no, he's British. He's a British melanated man, you know what I mean, in my judgment. Um, and really Nigerian, I think he just, he's really African because I think he, he came from Nigeria or his parents were from Nigeria and they ended up moving to Britain. But those are two very particular nationalities. I mean, he has a culture thoroughly with being African or Nigerian and being British. So that blackness as you and I identify with doesn't really, in my judgment, apply to him. I so, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. Um, I don't... So, my, my whole thing with it is I do still consider people that are... that look like us that are in other... that are, are part of other cultures to still be Black. Because my thing is, they may have some, a lot of them in other parts of the world may not have experienced 
exactly what we've experienced in America. But it doesn't matter where you go, who you are. If you look like us, in a, in the eyes of a lot of white people, you are still a nigger, right? That's that's just how it is. That's how they view us. Um, not not every white person. I don't want. I'm not. I'm not blanketing everyone in right. that. In that description. We don't speak in absolutes. We only sound not like we do, but we actually yeah. are not <laughs> Right, right. But but that's to a lot of white people, we are viewed as niggers, whether you're British, whether you're Irish, whether you're you're from uh, some some country in Africa, whether you're from Australia, what whatever wherever it may be. The the idea of white supremacy has not been limited to one country that is all over the world and i don't i don't necessarily believe that a british actor cannot portray one of our uh, one of our stories now i agree with you i would like to see actors that are black that are american that have lived this experience be able to have more opportunities to tell those stories i agree with that but it almost comes down to the conversation you and i had last week right Mm -hmm. does when you were saying that um a light-skinned actor uh, uh, should have the opportunity to portray a darker-skinned person. Mm-hmm. Um, I view this along the same lines as with that with that mindset, that context. And, and I can feel you on that. I can feel you on that. And I'll get into that after you finish your, your position. But I can identify with you on that. Okay. Like I said, I'm torn yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit with yeah. this. But I want to let you finish. I want to hear yeah. your point. Because that, to me, there there are there are a few British actors that um, that I didn't even know they were British until they spoke in an interview. To be completely honest, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Kaluuya, I I had no clue he was British <laughs> until like two years ago. And then I still well, found- I didn't know he was British, but I I could look at his features and tell he was not um, a Native American black man. I, I could, he has he has the features of a man off the off the African continent. Well, uh, yeah, uh, but it, it's it's even even with that, like it, it it, I just figured he was he was of African descent here in America. I didn't I didn't I had no idea he was British. Okay, so when I heard his accent, I'm like, whoa! That to, now this is something that I've noticed with British actors though they they have they have a way of picking up accents and portraying them it, like as if they were actually <laughs> they were from that that era or that area mm-hmm. so whether you're talking about him uh, uh, um and queen of slim 
uh, was it what town was that? Was that Tennessee or um, yeah? But I do not think he portrayed a southern black man well at all in that movie. I, well, I think that's that's one area of that movie he botched. That so, from what I remember, if I'm not mistaken, they started in Detroit and came down. Is that is that they were somewhere up north though, right? And they came down to uh, try to get down to to Florida to to fly. I, I want to say they were in were they in Memphis? I want to say that they. I, I could be wrong. It's been a minute since I saw the movie, but yeah. I, I thought that he was he was trying to portray a southern accent because they were in the south. I didn't. I south. didn't pick that up. I, I do know they I went to know. Florida. They, yeah, I they thought did. they were from the south though. They did. They they. Either way. He portrayed to me. I I I wasn't even thinking that he was just from the area, but I'm thinking just just a normal American guy. Like that's that's just he didn't have the. My point is that I didn't hear any British accent, twang, whatever you want. No, to call no, it. he he has done great jobs when it came when it comes Phenomenal. to transforming himself. Now, one movie he doesn't get talked about enough in um, that I saw, which is actually a decent movie, Widows. He was in Widows. Played a hell of a role in Widows. I don't know if I Daniel Kaluuya is a good, is a very good actor. He, yes. Uh, Get Out was signature shit. I, that, I know was, that was nobody phenomenal. else could have held that down. Yeah. To, to, in my judgment, better than him. Yes. Well, I walked that back a little bit, a little bit. I don't want to get into that, but I, I, you know, there, <laughs> there, there are a couple of American actors, black actors, that I would, but. That's his role. He deserved it. That, that's his shit. He killed right. it. He, he killed, killed it. it. Um, so I'm not questioning the brother as an actor, the dude as an actor. He's a, he's a great actor. And he did but, a phenomenal um, job in, in Black Panther, too. But he really kind of got, got, got snazzy with, with the Black community, who had a little criticism towards a British guy playing native or authentically, authentically Black American role, you know, mm -hmm. as well as a couple of British actors that kind of get shitty. Mm -hmm. We have something to say about that. So that, to me, you know, I mean, gives me a, gives me an issue with supporting him playing more black roles because if there was a different approach that he took, kind of similar to the the, uh, the crow and the shit that Zoe Saldana had to eat by playing a black woman, you mm -hmm. know, um, I kind of didn't like the fact that she did that, but. If Daniel Kaluuya took an approach like that, like, listen, you know, I understand that, you know, these are characters and figures within a certain element of the Black community that I'm playing and I just want to have the honor. There's something that instead of just kind of putting your finger in our face, like, oh, well, fuck you. This is my role I work for. This is, you know, he, he kind of seemed like he was entitled from mm -hmm. some of the content I read about him um, behind the promotion of Queen and Slim to have that role. Mm -hmm. And I had an issue with that. But um, I want to rewind a little bit. I want to talk more about the, the film that he is, his latest film coming up, mm -hmm. is that the point you made as far as white people inflicting white supremacy on the world, that I, I totally agree with you on that. You get yeah. no argument out of me on that. Yeah. But it's white people that had their thumb on every goddamn thing when it came to the world, right? Yeah. Including our identity as black people here. For sure. In, in For sure. America. For sure. So that's why I'm saying that us being black, us being able to say I am a black man, right? Yeah. Right now in 2020. That was a classification that was designated and created based on the intellectual approach and the emotional approach and the spiritual approach of the people native to this land. Mm 
not yeah. anywhere else. You see what I'm saying? Would, would and, you? and that's why, hold on, and that's why on a general note, now like we, we're not speaking in absolutes, like we said earlier. Right. But in a very general note, if you call some Caribbeans and uh, some people from the African continent black, they'll rebut you. They'll push back on that and tell you they're not black. Because a lot, in their native environments, they're not taught that they're black. They're mm -hmm. taught that you're Nigerian, you're uh, your West Indian, your Jamaican, they're taught that. They're given a culture, an entire mm -hmm. culture mm -hmm. that they're born into. We don't have that here mm -hmm. on this, in this country. The mm -hmm. only thing that we do have is our struggles. And through our struggle, we have redefined ourselves. And we were the ones that adopted the identity. Just like the, 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 you said it in its proper context earlier by nigger, but we're, yeah. we're the ones... <laughs> Who reapproach? I know people are split in that shit too, as far as the difference between niggas. We're not doing that today. Nah. But <laughs> we are the ones that redefine the, the what the what the identity of being a nigger and a nigga is. We did that. That was purely our responsibility to do. Yeah, that. yeah. Whether we fucked it up or not, don't matter. That was we did that. That was yeah. this. This was our, our identity that was stolen from us. This is what we did to replenish that, and that includes the designation as black. B l a c k. Us being known as black people, yeah, that's a black man, that's a black woman right there. Yep. That was native to us right here in this country. Right. We as kids spread that out to everybody. I'm sorry. And I know that's just there's some pushback out there for me on that. I'll take that. But we cannot just spread that designation out to everybody because they like Jay-Z or because they wore some FUBU back in 1998 or some shit, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, I'm black. You know, it's just like yeah. the movie, um, the scene depicted in that Spike Lee film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the right thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have a whole Korean dude with a whole Korean family mm -hmm. that's working out of the hood, right? But when the shit go down and he wants to be backed off on, I'm black. I'm black like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just like the dude said, who was, you know, West Indian himself or, or Caribbean himself, but just like he said from that character's point of view, no, motherfucker, you ain't, we black. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. was talking about the experience and the yeah. designation and all the, 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 the spirituality that comes with being native to this land as a for sure as for a sure descendant of the african continent so for that's sure. why when i mean i want i want to you know get back to the film but that's why when i say a black man shall mm -hmm. play x y and z role particularly talking about um the fred hampton role which i'm not saying that in this case just mm -hmm. using an example if i'm yeah. saying a black man should have played this role I know I'm, I'm hearing somebody out there saying, well, Daniel Kaluuya is black. What are you fucking talking about? No, well, I'm telling yeah. you, I don't think he is. That's why that's I'm going. Okay. So, I don't think he is. I don't, because I consider him exactly what that damn passport and birth certificate says. He's Guyan or wherever. I think he's from Ghana, but Nigerian, I guess, wherever. But that's what he is. He's a Nigerian British man. That's yeah. what he is. I am an American black man. That's what yeah. I am. That's what Fred Hampton was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I want to get into that, but then you had a yeah. point you wanted to make. I didn't want to cut you off. Well, see, I, I don't want to I don't want to um discredit the point you made in terms of the 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 black people that were brought here to this country were stripped of their identity from their native lands. We are those descend we are descendants of those people. Mm -hmm. So I I I completely agree with you in terms of we had to build our own identity here in America. Completely agree with you on that. Um, I think there's two ways 
to interpret black, right? So the identity that you just that you that you you described, and also the outward appearance of the person, and I think, well, I should say two interpretations of that, but I think that when you're talking about when we're talking about the black story, we're talking you and I, we're talking about our story here in America, what our people have gone through, what our ancestors, our ancestors dealt with, that entire thing. Um, there is there is a story that is relative to us that that we should be able to tell, which I fully agree with. Mm-hmm. I think what and this is the this is this is where I think that uh uh, the disconnect comes between us and Hollywood is Hollywood looks at that and says any person that is outwardly black is going to be able to be perfectly casted for this role to tell this specific story. And I don't disagree with you on what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where we have to come into into that power of of being able to tell our own stories cast who we want to see in this oh absolutely that's always going to be the agenda for me you know what i'm saying that that to me that's where we take that back that's the ultimate solution to this to this issue for sure for sure for sure um now I I enjoy I do enjoy um, uh, seeing uh, black people from whatever country whatever um, uh, uh, culture whatever that is for them I enjoy seeing them put on different platforms because for me it's a it it's it's a it's an inspiring thing to see when we all make it wherever we are and, and and well see i guess that's where you and i kind of disconnect because i don't i don't see all of us as a collective we you know what i mean every mm-hmm. person with dark skin on the globe is not a connected we not everyone that that you know? not everyone is that that skin folk is kin folk i exactly. agree with that i agree exactly. with that but you know, but that does not mean we have to create animosity with each other. It's just right. I think that we have to acknowledge, and there's nothing wrong with us acknowledging our own lane. It just right. seems as if when you're talking about black people, and I'm, mm-hmm. y'all, I just define what black is to me, mm-hmm. that when you're talking about black people, we have to open up ourselves to every damn body, and, and people can come in and out of our shit, but we don't I have that option. That. I agree with that. You no, know, we don't have that. that option. Right. So, but but to get where I'm, I'm kind of fucked up at with this is that. I actually saw the trailer. And I'm like you. I, I was trying to avoid trailers. Mm-hmm. But I've been wanting a Fred Hampton movie probably since I first read about Fred Hampton at 16 years old. Right. When I first learned of this black man and how he was a 21-year-old black man that was so electrifying, he ignited the attention of the FBI at 21 years old and J. Edgar Hoover mm-hmm. at 21 years old. And this brother came at the, at the, at the end of... Um, right after we had the loss of somebody like uh, uh, Dr. King and Malcolm X, those two figures, Fred Hampton came up right behind it and was snuffed out just as quick, you know what I'm saying? Because they didn't want that element to return. I mean, for sure. when I read his story at 16, I was looking for a film on his life 
with the same passion that my, uh, that uh, Spike Lee had for wanting to see Malcolm X on the screen. For sure. You know, so I'm disappointed that um, as an aspiring filmmaker myself, that I probably won't have that opportunity. But looking at the guy who did have, who does have it, you know, I don't know if you know who's directing this film, but Ryan Coogler is actually going to helm this project. I I I love Ryan Coogler's work. I, I got I love his work, man. I, I I admire this man to no end. Yeah. You know, Ryan Coogler he, has to be one of the most underrated directors in the game. One of the one of the one of the one of the flawless and most fearless storytellers in the game. One of the most creative storytellers in the game. For sure. And he gets I don't think he gets any of the credit he deserves. I don't think so either. And, I agree. Okay. And because this man has watched Fruitville Station, that man can articulate the black man's experience oh, on screen. It's, it's bone chilling. Even, even down to something as big and commercial as Creed. Mm -hmm. Like the, the way he, he created that character. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a pretty commercial movie. But it, was. it was not, but it was not like it was not authentic to the black story. I mean, here it is, you got a young black man growing up in America with a conflicted relationship with a, with a father figure that he's trying to get to know in, in death. Like that's our story yeah. as, black, as black men. Yeah. So Ryan Coogler to me is a phenomenal director and I trust anything he does yes. at this point. So I'm not gonna shit on the movie. I don't give a fuck. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on the movie. I'm, not, I'm gonna give it a chance. And I'm gonna trust the, the casting direction and the cast decision he made with Danny Cooper. But the reason I'm torn is, is like, you know, I can't, I still wish <laughs> there would be a sense of integrity when it came to, um, to other, other actors playing roles that are, are, are figures of black people, yeah. you know? And that's kind of where I, we, we, we touched on, like you mentioned with, with Zoe Saldana last week, you know? People kind of had a lot, had a, this damn ruler and this measuring stick for her, but mm -hmm. nobody else really gets that, gets that treatment, you know. Yeah. Particularly yeah. if you know, we we talked about the clubbers and thing. I don't want to rehash that again. But. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm as an artist, you know, I can't say that the dude that the, that the dude hasn't earned that right though to play the role. I, I cannot say Dan Kalua doesn't have the, the the craft or the pedigree rather to play a role like this. As far as an actor, and in this just outside of where he's from, just as an yeah. actor, he has the credibility, he has the craftsmanship and all that good shit to play this role. But, and I, and I heard his voice as Fred Hampton. I heard, you know, when I heard his voice as Fred Hampton, I kind of saw that. But I, I still reserve something of a, a small area of disappointment because I wish a cat like maybe, um, Lakeith is a little slim probably to play Daniel, uh, to play Fred Hampton, Lakeith Stanfield. But then yeah. when I think about shit like that, I'm like, well, I mean, I thought it didn't matter what, <laughs> to, to what people look like. I mean, unless you light skin, you know, if you light skin, God forbid you play somebody dark, but other than that, it doesn't matter. You know, you black, <laughs> go ahead and go for it. So I, I don't know, I'm torn, man, I'm torn. I'm not gonna say and claim I have all the answers or I have a solid position on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, um, I just wanted to bring it up, man. You know, yeah. Shit. No, I'm, I'm I'm excited about this film. Um, I'm I'm ashamed to say that I didn't really f I don't fully know Fred Hampton's story. Oh, look it up, man. Um, I, I would look it up before. But you know what? I, I, I wanna I wanna watch the film first. Watch the film first, yeah. And then a different, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then read it. Um, because I that that to me is it's important that we we tell all those stories. 
Um, the, the, when I see the movie, it typically works better when I go and research the real life character after watching. Yeah, the movie. yeah. Because I had no yeah. interest in Ray Charles at all as an artist right. before watching Jamie Foxx portray him. Right. So I can right. understand you on that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna wait uh, for that, but um, like. I want to see. I, I honestly, I do want to see a, a a a real Huey Newton biopic. That's that's what I want to see. The formation. You want Daniel Kaluuya to play him too? No, it's too dark. <laughs> There's a, there a standard. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I would love to see that story, and I would love for Ryan Coogler to it's, tell it's it. Time, it's time for that story. It's I beyond. think he, I think he was touching on a Black Panther story. It might have been this one though. It might have been this one. Yeah, he was yeah. touching the wild ones. I, I had hear him about Ryan Coogler doing some Black Panther. He's from Oakland. Yeah. Ryan Coogler is an yeah. Oakland guy. Yeah. So I, I had hear him. I had heard some stuff that Ryan Coogler was going to put his hands on a Black Panther story. Mm-hmm. It may be this one though. You're right. I believe. But it's I trust. This one. I'm, I trust Coogler, man. I'm sorry. That's why I saw. I'm gonna be a hypocrite, I guess, on this one. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and and, and move forward and, and wish uh, and hope that Daniel Kaluuya held this role down. I'm rooting for him. Um, if he if he if he if he handles it, then yeah, no problem with me. I, I give him his yeah. props. You know, yeah. if he fucks this up, I don't want no more black people from overseas. Definitely, I'm gonna be totally against it. Totally against it. No matter what the fuck it is, you know what I mean, or or dark yeah. other people. You know, we said black. Any, any other people, any other, any other original people. You know, from anywhere else. You know, any other original state, people. I like that. Yeah, yeah because they know who yeah. we are. You know, we're original yeah. people. We're we're native yeah, yeah. to the planet. I'm not shitting on, on on other people from other nations. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it sounds like that. I'm not trying to create no no fan no club or nothing, no distinctions. Yeah. I'm just saying that we have our own identity in this. We've been over here 400 plus years. We have our own identity. We have our For own sure. culture For that sure. we've had to piece together on our own. Right. 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 Let us have that. You know what I mean? Right. If we invite you in, that's something different. If we kind of give you the M&M treatment because you can't, you know, be an M&M type of person, <laughs> even though you got dark skin from another, from another nation, you know, you, you can have that. We have to give you that M&M treatment. You have to be blessed in. Yeah. Like, this is our shit. We, you just can't be a black man from, from Houston and take your ass to Kingston, to Jamaica, and just do what the fuck you want to do and, and adapt how the fuck you want to adapt. You can't go to the Dominican Republic as a black man from Atlanta. And, and kind of just fall in wherever you want to fall in, you have to go by a certain social structure right. and be accepted in by that social structure. And even then, you're expected to conduct yourself a certain type of way. That's not limited to melanated people. That's any fucking culture you go in. Any right. fucking culture you go in that's not native to you, you're going to be treated and looked at as an outsider. But black people here on this nation, in this country of America, we don't carry that kind of posture. I mean, you can, you can be Japanese, whatever, as long as you put on some baggy jeans, just yeah. two pop, and maybe curse and, and eat chicken, you know, uh, yeah, that's my nigga. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Matter of fact, you can call me a nigga. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, no, that's I agree much. with that. I, I completely agree with that. Because we're, we're the only ones that are pretty- and I heard Boosie really say that he had some white dude that he was cool with that calls him a nigga, and he doesn't have an issue with it. He got a complete pass for that shit. Yeah, that. a lot of people probably don't even know he said that shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah the Boosie said he had a white dude. It's cool, and they talk, and he calls him a nigga. And he don't see it like that. 
You know, yeah. what I mean? see that that's that nobody is else rock like that, but the, the yeah. black man in America. No, we we're almost we're almost demonized for even speaking out against it when when someone comes and takes a part of our culture and and um they're not a part of our culture. Like I I, I completely agree with you on that one. I completely agree with yeah. you on that. It, yeah. it it is it is it is backwards. Um but we just we just again like I said earlier, we just have to we have to take control of that. We have to we have to take control of where of how all this stuff is done so that when we're when that when this conversation comes up, we are the gatekeepers to our own culture. Uh, and that's all I'm saying. We have to be the gatekeepers yeah. of our own culture. Am I saying that we shouldn't be inviting and accepting? You know, I'm not very inviting and accepting as an individual, but I can't <laughs> speak on everybody. You know what right. I mean? Um, <laughs> We, 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 maybe we should be, I don't know. That's another conversation too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do know that I want to end on this point because there's a British actor. I don't know who the fuck he is. I have no clue who this man is. But there's, a, I was reading some shit on The Guardian. You know, mm-hmm. I read the movie section of The Guardian, which is a British publication. Right. Um, I, I read the movie section that they, they, they uh, have in The Guardian from time to time. And apparently there's an old school British actor who was, um, I guess, black. <laughs> but um, he passed away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I don't know his name. I guess you gotta look him up. I think he started in a couple of James Bond movies or something. But he was a black guy um, from Britain, and he passed away. And one of the things they talked about in his obituary was that he was an adamant proponent of British actors playing British roles. You know what I mean? Because there was a period of time, mm-hmm. I guess where um, a lot of black actors who weren't necessarily British were being cast um, for, for, for British type roles, you know, and I'm not really familiar with what he's talking about, but I distinctly remember reading this particular black British actor and people who know the British black talent better than I do can, can probably reference his name and everything. But one of the things he stood for was that he felt like black British talent um, was not cultivated enough. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that kind of taught me that everybody has their preferences, man. You know, within sure. their own community as to how they want to be portrayed. Everybody does. So it should not be foreign for me as a black man to have those same type of approaches. That if you right. are not black, as in a black American, a person who was a Negro, because yeah. you know, yeah. uh, a lot of people from around different parts of the world weren't known as Negroes. We were over here. Mm-hmm. If you are a Negro. <laughs> which became black, which became later on became known to be black. We do have a right to be selective of of how our stories are being told, you know. And we, and yeah. in some kind of ways, we just have to say no. Yeah, you know, we just have to say no. We want to reserve this for somebody a little bit native to this story. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh yeah, but I, but, I, but I, as an artist, but as an artist, I feel your point of view is that as an artist, kind of where I was with Zoe Saldana, is that as an artist. Yes, you should have a right as an artist to portray whatever you want to portray as an artist. If you have an artistic expression you want to make, whether it's through acting or direction or whatever, then you should have a right to do that. That's why I said I'm not consistent, I guess, in this. I'm not saying that <laughs> I have the most yeah. solid foundation or solid position on this, right. because I understand there's difference between being a, a black man 
and ours. There are some distinctions when it comes to that. Right. But Ryan Coogler is him in this, so I got confidence that this man is going to handle this story well. I could not think of a better director to tell Fred Hampton's story. Oh, um, for sure. I, I salute. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Moving on real quick, uh, one last uh, bio story, bio biopic story that I want to throw out there, and then we can move on to our feature presentation. But um, another R&B giant I read maybe a couple of days ago is uh, working on her biopic. And uh, that would be the talented and the lovely Shaka Khan. Are um, you serious? Yeah, I, I was nice. reading some article that, you know, during her quarantine time, um, she wrote a script or she was working on her film. And when asked who would be portraying her or who she would like to see portray her, um, she kind of came up with something a little bit different. You know, she, she, she sounds like she wants to go to the NWA route with Ice Cube and go get her daughter, allow her daughter to really? play her. Yeah. Which, you know, you know, might not be a bad idea. You know, uh-huh. her daughter her daughter has acted. Her daughter played her um on one of those episodes of that Soul Train shit that they playing on BET. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. they got I think she portrayed her mother in that in that in that show. But um she also said that that her daughter would probably play a younger version of her. But from what she sees, the uh, the older parts of her life might be held down by her herself. She might play her own life on screen. Like picking up from what time? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But she said that she sees her daughter as, you know, playing her, I'm assuming, the younger parts of her. And I don't know, maybe Chaka will come in as she ages, as that character ages. Maybe you'll see more Chaka Khan. I don't know. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get the full grasp of that. Um, but she didn't sound committed to that. Maybe that's what I'm saying. She didn't sound like that was something she was totally committed to. Okay. Uh, from when I walked away with, from the little interview that I heard or read about, that she was kind of open to um, maybe casting someone else. But that's what she said as of, as of uh, maybe last week, that she's looking at herself and her daughter. Okay. okay. But when you think about actors, right, mm-hmm. or uh, famous people who play themselves in, in, in biopics, that's yeah. not a good track record. It's really not. You know, it's, it's really, really not. not much to say. I mean, Muhammad Ali initially played his own life in The Greatest before Will Smith got it, and it was really not significantly better yeah. than um, than what Will Smith did. As a matter of fact, it wasn't good at all. Ali is great. He's a great, he's one of the greatest black figures that ever lived. You know, yeah. and, I, and I even hate that I have to say something that it resembles negativity by Muhammad Ali, but acting was not his strong suit. Right, and not, everyone, everyone, everyone is not great at everything. Right, uh, Jackie Robinson played his own life on screen. Uh, really, Joe Lewis, yeah, that Joe I Lewis, did not know. Boxer, portrayed himself, played his own life. Yeah, it's been done before. It's been done before. I don't know if it's ever been done well, but you can't really say uh, uh, Purple Rain. Nah, I mean you you could on one hand, but on the other, I I it's it's not it's not set as a biopic. Right, right, so right, right. And even with that Prince, you know, yeah, he wasn't that great of an actor. I'm sorry. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> 
<laughs> I love Prince. The, the story he, was that was so good though. It didn't matter. Yeah, it yeah. Like, it, the story yeah. was told so well. Yeah. Prince's um, kind of non-existent acting didn't didn't throw anything. Off. <laughs> I but, still can't uh, get over him running through the house. And did with the spin move. At, yeah. <laughs> Come out, motherfucker. <laughs> Come out, motherfucker! Spin he put in the living room. <laughs> I, I I I cried so hard when I saw that. That was absolute <laughs> trash, man. Yeah, that was that was Prince's acting. He never really got better after that. I mean, the, I the sequel to. to Purple Rain, which was a uh, graffiti bridge. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, and, that. And uh, Under the Cherry Moon. Nah. He left a lot to be desired, man, but. Yeah, so Shaka Khan, man, you know, who actually was a, who worked very well with Prince. Now we yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. 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 They had some success together. Yeah. But um, but no, man. Uh, I'm gonna give it a shot. You know, I got my 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 I wouldn't mind seeing a Shaka, a Shaka Khan story though. I wouldn't mind no, seeing it. No, it would it would be good. It would be good. I just I, I'm not a fan of people playing themselves. No. Now when you have your 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 son or daughter playing you that's one thing I, I like o'shea jackson um murdered that role he, oh yeah he played that role. he killed it he played that role. he killed that i mean that i felt like i was looking i was actually looking at ice cube in the 90s right so to me if you're not able to to even match that if you're not able to match that bar that don't even, it's not even worth trying to me, I agree. To me, it ain't worth it. So I, I hope well, it's her story to tell. So we'll yeah. see. You know, yeah. I wonder who she's gonna have direct that. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't believe I, uh, I read about. Now I could have saw it, but I don't believe she mentioned anything about directed. But this, this is something she said she's been working on since she's been in quarantine, since the whole quarantine thing. Okay. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. Uh, I think that's all I got, man. Yeah. I think that's all I got. So we can move on to this uh, Project Power conversation. Yes, sir. Starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominique Fishback. The new face, Dominique Fishback. Yeah. Project Power, we're going to talk about that next, man, after this trailer. No Chase Film Society. Power, power, speak a little louder. If there was a pill, I'm you for that money. I'm coming at the power. That could give you five minutes. Spit it so they get it. I'm embedded with the power. A pure power. I'm embedded with the power. Would you take it? Listen to my voice. Am I lying? Welcome to Project Power. Our goal is simple. The next evolution of the human species. You ever taken one of those before? It can make you strong. Make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. You push that power, don't you? Yeah. On the streets, they're talking about superpowers, but they're not talking about how one hit could kill you. What's the plan now? You took something from me. I 
Gotta get it back. Something. Oh, someone. This thing is tearing our city apart. Your kid has something to do with it. Where do you think they got the formula from? They have my daughter. Maybe we can work together on this. What do you need? You still got the pills on you? It's about to get real noisy. That's your power. First, we stabilize it. Then, we weaponize it. Power goes to where it always goes to the people that already have it. They think they can just test their product on my city. We'll let them see what happens. I thought we were like Batman and Robin. No, Batman and Robin, that's a movie. This is real life. We doing this. Tell me what my daughter is. It's time to rise. It's time to rise. You need anything else? No, I'm fine. Hmm. Yes, you are. Project Power, starring Jamie Foxx. This one is considered actually a crime sci-fi, but I've also been hearing it. Uh, referred to as a superhero movie, which we'll get into that during the conversation. But um, this one pretty much is a highly stylized uh, drug film, the way I see it. Um, Jamie Foxx is a former military agent of some sort who goes on a quest to track down the distribution, the head distribution of a... Um, into super dynamic, super uh, drug, street drug, which is called what? The Project Pill or uh, Power Pill or some shit like that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what the, the, the title of the movie is based off of, over this particular pill, which is a street drug that gives people these superhero-like powers when they take it. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a cop, it's this, this, the film takes place in New Orleans. It's a New Orleans story. And um, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a uh, New Orleans cop who himself is on the drug, but he uses the drug, uses the drug to induce him and give him these superhero powers so he can fight motherfuckers who's actually selling the drug and who's on the drug. Miss um, Dominique Fishback, who is something I don't think I've seen before. Um, good job too by Dominique Fishback. Mm -hmm. uh, she plays, uh, I want to get her character name. What's her character's name? Robin. She's Robin in the film. She is a, a young girl who is being used as a, somewhat of a mole or something on behalf of the police to help them take down the, 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 uh, the dudes or the people who are selling this, this new drug. And she encounters Jamie Foxx, who, again, like I said, he's an agent trying to track down the the, uh, the origin of this drug, and he, she comes across Jamie Foxx, and together they form a partnership and a bond, which uh, ultimately leads them to take down uh, and clash with the CIA, I believe it was, or the, the U.S. government or somebody, was actually responsible for putting this drug in the streets. So there's a lot to this movie, man. There's a lot to this movie that I like. 
um, as far as uh, some of the narratives that they spun into it, particularly how they was very truthful with uh, the government's role in drug distribution. That's something y'all need to check out because that's very real, it's a very real thing. Um, the government's involvement in drug distribution and how they have their hands in it and all that type of shit. I just want to touch on that. Um, and also, what's one thing that stood out to me also? Uh, I, I forget as of now. But uh, there's a couple things that stood out to me in this movie. And I, maybe I want to sit on it for later on when I go into my commentary. But that's one thing about it that, that really stood out and I really liked about it. I liked how they were very honest with that narrative and how they kind of created it and built um, built this story around the government and how they got their hands and shit like this. So that's the film. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Derek. I'm going to let you go ahead and chop it up a little bit on your thoughts. And I'll follow you, bro. Um, okay. I, I, I thought um, Jamie Foxx and Dominique Fishback, uh, which I had no, I've never seen before yet. I'm, I'm assuming this is probably one for first uh, projects. Mm-hmm. I thought they were phenomenal. Um, Jamie, uh, Jamie, this is probably, um, this is one of the uh, better films that I've seen him in, um, in this type of setting um, in a while. I haven't seen him, I can't remember the last movie I saw him in. Um, that's what I was trying to figure out. Maybe it was Django. I, I, I'm trying to, I didn't see the Amazing Spider-Man too, so I, I I heard that was absolute trash. But I think I think the last movie I saw him in was Django. Um, I thought he did a phenomenal job in this. I will say, I did not realize that. Um, well, he did something where he played Robin Hood, some Robin Hood movie. I didn't watch that. No, I didn't. Watch I didn't that. Either, yeah, I'm, I'm just, it, I think that came out before, right before this. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm just saying last that I've seen. Oh, okay. I, I know I, I missed a couple of things that he was in. I That Robin Hood thing, I, I wasn't interested in seeing that. Um, but um, I will say one thing. I did not realize they, they, they didn't mention that the powers that you get from this pill, they didn't mention that this was something that was derived from an animal until later in the movie. Now, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think halfway through the film, they, they mentioned it. Um, they mentioned something about uh, animalistic characteristics with this, mm-hmm. um, with, with the pill, but they didn't, they didn't clarify that that was going to be the, the uh, foundation in which the, 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 um, the person would, you know their powers would be, but so even with that being uh, taking place, I'm confused as to how um, Machine Gun Kelly's character—I um, forget his name—but uh, of course, um, he's got a couple of names. Um, Newt. Newt. You know, uh, That's Carlson, him. Carlson yeah, he was Newt. Yeah. Um, I'm confused as to what animal his power came from then, because he turned into a flame like like the human torch mm-hmm. and I, I don't know to my recollection or to my knowledge i might i'm I, i'm no zoologist but i don't know any animal that can just light themselves on fire right. um 
so that's you know maybe that's maybe that's just a little gap uh for them but i thought the movie was good i i i enjoyed it it, it I know people. I've seen some people say that this was like one of the greatest films they've seen in a, in a while. I wouldn't put it that high, but I, I think I think it was a good movie. I think it was good. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um. Well, you know, you taught me some shit because I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I'm a, this, this movie because it was a good movie. Yeah. You know. Um, but that's not necessarily meant to be the totality of my review, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because it, 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 was a, it was simple, you know? It was it simple. Wasn't, it it yeah. wasn't much thought um, put into a lot of the script. Right. The best part of the script was the whole government uh, agency behind distributing the street drug. Because that's, right. that's, a, that's a pretty solid plot point that, that is real. Right. Know? And um, so I like that, but that's that's... That's really about it, you know. There, there was nothing you could identify that's a really original with this story. It was a very, very simple movie. So good is just, it yeah. just mean it was entertaining. It's worth watching. Yes. Um, one time and for me, that's good. Yeah, but it, yeah. this is definitely not something that I'm looking for sequels or anything to be built on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so by me saying that, I miss maybe because you know this is a sleeper. You know, when I say a sleeper, it's not it's not particularly boring, but a lot of the movie you can kind of see coming before it comes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And one of the things is uh, uh, Captain Crane, which he he wasn't um, he wasn't dirty like you find in most cops. So mm-hmm. that that part, Captain Crane, Courtney B. Vance has a has a has a role in this. Yeah. Very good actor, Courtney B. Vance. But sure. um, you know his his role was 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 a little bit different. Though I thought they were going to take the, the, the traditional route and is make him corrupt and make him part of the scheme and all that type of shit. That's where I thought they were going with that. Yeah. But the the fact that they didn't go there with that, but they kind of was leading you to believe that he could have been a, a dirty guy. I don't know. You know, it's just to me that the film had a real simplistic approach. And Yeah. And it, maybe, they didn't fully commit to that plot. They didn't. They didn't. I think that's probably the best way to say it. They didn't yeah. fully commit to developing this story at all. Yeah. Um, so, but with that being said, because I recognize so many beats in the movie, I must have missed what the shit is supposed to give you animal powers. I, I must have missed that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. the pill being, a, I guess the thing that really kind of that took me out of this movie was the, the superhero shit. Yes, that came with the drug. I thought that shit was was the visual effects were okay. Yeah, but you know, it, it was too over the top for what the plot was calling for. Right. You know what the plot of this movie was. You know, I, I didn't really, I did, like you said, it didn't really give a clear understanding as to, okay, exactly what fucking powers, like, where, where, is the, where are these powers coming from? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, in, see, in that respect, I, I, didn't, I didn't really care too much for the, uh, the script writing. I think that's a, that's a problem with the script, in my For view. sure, for sure. Yeah. And, and that, well, this is another uh, point, but um, the guy that was actually um, selling the pill to different uh, buyers or um, distributors, I should say. Um, his name is uh, Biggie. He, and, and I didn't even know that was his name in the movie because that's actually something I didn't catch either. I just saw Biggie. Okay, you're talking about this uh, 
uh, Rodrigo Santoro. Yeah, yeah. He he was the one that was demonstrating what the pill could do. And between him and and lady that actually went into that that um that um chamber mm-hmm. both of those both of them had um uh powers that weren't something that i've seen animals possess uh so with her she turned into an icicle basically um yeah that's what i'm saying like you, you don't really know grew, what 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 this drug was, was supposed to do like what what it yeah. consistently was because what i looked at it as well maybe whatever the fuck is in your mind this drug will materialize once you take it, <laughs> whatever's in your mind. So because Machine Gun Kelly wanted to get the hell up out of that house where Jamie Foxx was going to kick his ass, he popped the pill. Did he will well, I think he himself did into know. bursting in the flames due to the drug? The drug I, just ate? I think he did know that he was going to do that because if you see at the very, very beginning of the movie, he was one of the, the distributors that were, uh, that were given the pill, right? Yeah. Um, he had a he had a whole collection, and when when Art came into his apartment, you could see. Well, before he came in, you could see when he was opening the door, he opened it up and with the latch still on, so you could see only half his face. Mm-hmm. And then when they showed his his left side of his face, his the left side of his face was burnt. And I'm I'm taking that as like I'm assuming that it was burnt because he already took the pill and he he was lit on fire before. But why didn't uh, Frank or Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Frank in the film, why didn't he get burned up? Why didn't he burst into flames when he took it? For like, it, why, why, it does, when it does he took different it, things for different people. So as I'm saying, so it appears that the desire, you if you have a desire to do something, mm-hmm. the pill only enables you to, to act out whatever's in your mind. So because for five Jordan, minutes. For five minutes. Yeah. So because the officer, Frank, wanted to run down and chase down this criminal with this superhuman speed. So when he popped that pill, it automatically gave him that desire. So he it, he didn't so, have or does each pill have its own dedicated shit to it? Like each pill each pill so each pill the shit the fact uh, that we have to ask to talk about I know, it like this I know, the script I know. did a horrible job of, of it did a horrible job of laying out just the characteristics of this damn drug yeah but each person responds differently to differently to a pill so so when frank took the pill he was bulletproof every time he took it he was bulletproof for five minutes it didn't give him speed or anything like that he just he was just he just in that scene he was just running fast um, oh, he, he wasn't hauling ass due to the nah, pill. Nah, he was just he was just running fast because he's. Um, it's a white man. He's a white he, guy. He, he, he can yeah. run down <laughs> motorcycles yeah. and shit. That's so, that's and, that's how I took it. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he did run down a motorcycle, but he did run down a guy who was high off of drugs. Uh, yeah, that was oh, invisible. That was invisible. See, he, he was he, invisible. He, he, he was able to camouflage. He, 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 yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I'm the white man. Yeah. Well, he followed him because the invisible guy is hanging on to bags of money, so he he was able to see where the bags were going, and they had the the, the die explosion. Oh, okay. That, that's right. Yeah, but um, but every every person responds differently differently to the pill. So for Frank, he was bulletproof. For Jamie, for Art, I should say, 
he turned into this he had this explosion this pistol shrimp explosion which i didn't even know there was anything such, uh, such thing as a pistol shrimp so i and i actually looked that thing up that is phenomenal that that thing can do that um uh basically it has this claw that it just uh it it, it expands and it snaps and it it can shoot out a um, air bubble that goes, I think, up to like sixty five miles per hour or something like that. So it can stun the it, its uh, prey like right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool, but I don't understand. They again, they didn't they did not lay this out properly because um, this lady turning into a frozen woman this guy turning into this hulk-like figure um uh, machine gun kelly uh, newt i should say turning into a fireball none of those were animal animalistic characteristics um other people that were on the submarine you know i mean not a submarine but the um that ship one guy had incredible strength one guy could bend his limbs into whatever position he was pretty much uh real flexible and flimsy like i think they they tried at the beginning to say that this pill could do pretty much anything and then they try at toward the middle it's i'm assuming there was there was a conflict with creative differences or something like that with this film because I just think there wasn't enough thought put into what the, what they wanted this pill this pill to be in this yeah. in this story. I think yeah. they just just have just pop the pill and whatever scenario this character is in, that pill will give them exactly whatever they need for to deal five with that minutes. scenario for five minutes. But it never really determined. Okay, why did they do that though? Like, why was this drug able to make you? Was this shit random? Did you tell? Like, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't really come together very well to me exactly what the pill it didn't how it worked is it just the whole particulars behind the pill like what makes this pill set you on fire or blow you in the flames and opposed to take somebody else taking it and giving and freezing i you know? yeah i i i don't know i don't so know. i think that and that's why i say it's a good movie because like it it, it works as far as entertainment mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but it's just not a smart movie it's just, it's just oh, not at all. It's beyond, It's far from smart. Yeah, it's just not smart. It's movie. far from smart, which leads me to wonder, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think he had been retired for a little while. So mm-hmm. it, it, it makes me wonder what, why this film? Why why did he come out of retirement for this? Netflix backed the damn money truck up to his house. You know, Netflix, <laughs> they, they, they have more money than, than creativity. With the, yeah, that's um, true. That's true. And you know, even though Netflix probably the Netflix executives probably weren't writing the script, of course, or you know, involved with the creative process, but I don't think they have much of a much of a measuring stick. You know, what I'm saying outside of what can make us money, you know, yeah. what what talent. So I think they they're more into I think uh, accumulating talent, like breaking the breaking the bank on talent. I don't think they're very invested in storytelling. See that uh, I, well. I could I, I would agree and then I would disagree. I, I think it it's depending on who's attached to the project. Because there are a lot of projects that Netflix has that are phenomenal. The 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 the, the film um the extraction with um I haven't seen that. That was good. That was I, good. I haven't seen any Netflix film that I would call phenomenal though. Okay. That was really good. 
At least not talking my head. Like maybe I have to dig at some shit that I've seen mm -hmm. on that, that the Netflix has done, but I don't I can't think of anything I would call that would, would be phenomenal. I think they they kinda um I think they're more so about star power. From they what are. I would see. They know? they are. I would and I would this, this film kinda this, this film kinda reflects a little bit of that. But you know? Extraction to me was one of their their best films with Chris Hemsworth. Is written by Joe Russo um, and and his brother. They okay. they did a phenomenal job. The 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 cinematography, the um, the writing, the pacing, all of that. To me, it was it was very well done. So I like Netflix. Netflix almost like kind of picks and chooses because um, the 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 Ben Affleck movie Triple Frontier. That was lackluster for me. Like it was, it, I, it was good to see for one time, and that's it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one either. It's I, not, I don't really. It's the not on, the only Netflix movies I know I pay attention to though are Sandler shit, Adam, Adam Sandler's movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam Sandler has a pretty big deal with with Netflix, so yeah, he, he, he's releasing some exclusive shit, and even that's been a little mediocre. But you know. It's, it's, it's been relatively funny. It's some, of his, it's some of his best work since he's been kind of fucking up on screen with the big screen <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Some of his best stuff has come through Netflix. So in that, in that regard, you know, yeah. But for the most part, Netflix always seems to be a step behind good storytelling. You know what I mean? I don't think that's their priority. I think their priority is the bottom line and the, the talent and the money and, you know, the, the marketing of a movie. I don't really think they're very invested in, in, uh, in narrative. That's just my view. Yeah. No, I I, I I will suggest watching The Extraction. I'm going to check it out. I will I'm suggest that. Out. That was a really, really good movie. Um, okay. And I, I, I fell in love with the cinematography of it. Fell in love with it. They, they did a phenomenal job with that. Right. Um, but yeah, this one, I, I, I'm not, I'm not all, I, I it's, it's, so, it's such a, okay movie we're sitting here talking about other movies that netflix did <laughs> that's what i'm saying i mean we were sitting here for a minute trying to figure out the this whole pill shit shouldn't have been a conversation of a point of confusion because that was like the main driving part of the film was the damn pill yeah. like the pill the pill was the was the was the plot point so to speak yeah so um for that not to be clear what the fuck it did is <laughs> is is really a downside to the movie you know, yeah. but it, but I had to get it, give that to the talent of Jamie Foxx. And you mentioned earlier, um, what's the last name? Fishback, Dominique Fishback. Yes. I got to give that to the, to, to the talent they brought to this movie, man. They yeah. carried this shit. That, they that carried it. 22 of them was, 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 was very good. You know yeah, what I mean? They had an excellent dynamic. I and mean, I, and I think, you know, away from I, this movie that I think this would have, this movie, this movie might have, actually done much better if they just took the pill out of it and, and made it just and, a, a, and made it something like so maybe it was something else maybe it was uh something totally different some other element but i think that see i disagree with that i think the pill was fine you know what i mean because it because i thought actually watching it when i first started watching it from the beginning i thought this film kind of took place in the future or some shit like yeah 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 you know like like in the far ahead future or some shit like some intergalactic yeah. type of shit yeah so and I thought the pill was a a, a reflection of a, a new futuristic type drug shit 
Right. But I guess that wasn't the case. You know, the film was pretty much present day, but the drug was, and I'm, I've been hearing this movie, and I think if you read the plot in some places, this movie is looked at as a superhero movie. Even though there's really no, who's the fucking superhero? Is Bro, the kill the is hero? No, there is no superhero. This is, this movie, so here's another plot of it that I, I'm still, I'm still thrown off by. Art's daughter gets kidnapped, right? Yeah. And they're taking her um, DNA to utilize in this pill. I'm glad you said that. That's the second part that I did like about the movie. But go ahead, you reminded me of it. Go well, ahead, see, like I'm, I'm, see, that's what confuses me because I don't know. Now, uh, Art described um, having these abilities um, and just kind of like, like he, he used it one time and that was it because it, it, it destroyed a lot around him. And he never utilized it again, but he saw these abilities in his daughter coming up. And, and um, while she, as she was getting older, he was starting to see these abilities in her um, supernatural abilities that, um, that uh, she didn't have, she didn't have, Full control of or she didn't really know she wasn't aware of different things or whatever whatever the case was um but that's the part of it that kind of throws me off because i don't know if like you you mentioned they say that this is a superhero film but the the i've also seen it listed as a sci-fi but you're talking about a supernatural uh, uh element to it that makes it makes it not fit in, into the superhero aspect too much because there's, there is no, there's no uh, specific superhero. So you mm. have to classify it almost as a sci-fi, um, someone with supernatural powers. But I don't even know what her power was. They, like, they never even said what that thing was that she, that she could do. So I, I like, I'm, I'm really... Well, I think I got an answer for that. I think, because uh, like I said, the movie wasn't very intelligently written. Right. But um, one thing that was mentioned in this movie, one thing that I did like is they had a very solid uh, concept of history when it came to black people, actually. Sure. For <laughs> um, sure. When it came down to drug experimentation, because Henrietta Lacks was mentioned in this film, which I was mm -hmm. kind of surprised by. But, you know, you're familiar with the Hen Henrietta Lacks uh, story, right? Uh, no. Okay, I'm not that either, but I, the little bit I do know, um, it, I can, I'm going to try to tell you. But there's a movie that kind of, that, that, the movie didn't really deal with it, though, almost. But Oprah Winfrey produced a movie based on the story, but Henrietta Lacks was a black woman um, from way back. I don't know, I want to say the 50s, 60s, something like that. And mm -hmm. she went into a, uh, went, went to a doctor with treatment. And, um, I think she had some type of cancer, maybe ovarian cancer or something. I could be wrong about that. But she had some type of cancer. And um, when she went in for that treatment, these doctors took some of her cells, I want to mm -hmm. say, or took parts of her DNA or something of that nature. And they studied her cells and her DNA to the point where a lot of these cancer treatments that we use today are as a result of what they took from this black woman. Right? Wow. And... Um, 
she, of course she never gets, she never got the proper credit or respect or anything, or I don't think it got real permission from this woman to do this. But like I said, I'm pretty ignorant to her story. I just know it through passing. What I do know is um, uh, Oprah Winfrey produced a movie on, on this, on her life, kind of on, on a story, mm-hmm. based on this story, but I did not see it. So that's why I'm kind of ignorant to it. And the reason why I didn't see it is because part of the criticism, one of some of the main criticism I heard about the movie is that it didn't really deal with Henrietta Lacks. It was some shit based on Oprah's character, who I think was like a daughter or a granddaughter or something of Henrietta Lacks. So the movie didn't really deal with her story. At least this is what I heard. I could be completely wrong, but I didn't see the movie. But I just heard the movie was more about something regarding Oprah Winfrey's character and opposed to Henrietta Lacks' Lacks, uh, situation. But getting back to this film, uh, towards the end when when the government agent I guess this is Amy Lackner Gardner, the government uh, agent that was behind pushing this shit. She mentioned Henrietta Lacks and was basically saying that, you know, um, these type of things that they were doing to his daughter were part of the norm. This is, this is kind of how we make breakthrough history by doing right. shit like this. Right. So that, that, was, that was very eye-opening shit, man. Like, it, it, was, it was insight into your government, people. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it was. This is, the government gets down like this. I mean, go study the... the, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen, I want to believe, I believe it was. And that's a, that's also a movie, Mrs. Evers Boy, starring mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne and Alfred Woodward. Go see that movie if you want to know how the government, get a good ex- example and a good foundation on how the government just utilize black bodies for whatever fucking science, whatever fucking experimentation, whether they was silent in it or not, they utilized us without our permission, for sure. without our input, they just, you know, utilized us for, for, sure. for whatever they chose to. And this film was relatively honest when it came to that. So in that respect, I respect that. But getting to the screenwriting, though, you know what I mean? Unless you had something else you want to touch on with that. No, no. Getting to the screenwriting. Anything else about that? Okay. Uh, Yeah, getting to the screenwriting, though, of this movie, though, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep saying it, I guess, because it's not going to (laughs) change. You have to watch these, every fucking thing. Yeah. You have to watch these movies, man, with a filter for that white supremacy, man. Because it's in just about every damn thing white money gets behind when it tells our stories. They make, they make no failure in trying to, you know, put that, that what I call visual side now in, the, yeah, in, yeah. The, in, in the movie. So did you catch uh, Matt, who's the writer? Matt, Madison Tomlin wrote this. Mm-mm. Oh, matter of fact, is he directing the Batman? This guy we talking about? No, that's Matt Reese. Okay. Well, is he writing it? I mean, is he, is he a writer or something like that? Oh, he is a writer on there. Okay. Well, I just want to send a special fuck you to Madison Tomlin because <laughs> I caught that shit that you put in there in regards to black men being animals or black people being animals, uh, particularly the black man because Jamie Foxx is a black man in this movie. And um, if you if you recall, it was in a fucking animal hospital where the uh, young lady Fishback was working on him. Yeah. Now I know that y'all out there may say, oh, you, okay, you're being hypersensitive as usual with your, with your, with your, race, uh, with your racism observations and shit. But again, I don't believe it to be that way. I believe shit like this is very deliberate when you see stuff in these movies. I mean, they, they had him particularly, I mean, very specifically, 
sitting in an animal hospital getting worked on. You know, I get it. You know, the character, I think her mother or something works for the animal hospital or something like that. I think that's how they bridge yeah. that together. Yeah. But um, I do deem that as a very subtle, disrespectful, uh, racist tone of this film. You know, I didn't catch that, but I will say that struck me odd because um, Robin said that her mom worked. Her mom works there. Um, yeah, I remember it being something but, like the the connection was there as to why he was in there. So yeah, I'm not saying that didn't yeah. exist. There was something there that, um, with, with, like you said, with her mom or something having an affiliation with that. Yeah, but here's here's my thing though. If if yeah. her mom worked there, how is it that she's she's stitching him? That's what I'm thinking. Why not just take him home? Why not take, take it to her mom? Yeah, because she's the one that works there. I mean, but the shit was like that because it wanted to portray a black man getting getting worked on in an animalistic setting because that was a low key uh, reference to black men being being animalistic, not fully human beings. They don't yeah. view us as full human beings. Right, right. And I, yeah. I believe that, I that, that Mr. Mr. Tomlin, I think that's what the fuck he was trying to say. And I just want to send him a fuck you for that because I caught that shit. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. in, in my judgment, yeah, I thought that that was a dig at, at the humanity of black men. In this yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, that, that, that was my approach to that. It's uh, ultimately, you know, the ending was, was again, uh, I couldn't respect the ending because I, I couldn't respect the drug. I never took this drug serious. The, 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 the results of the drug, the, I guess the ramifications of the drug, even though the visual effects was on point, I enjoyed seeing Machine Gun Kelly running down the hall as a ball <laughs> with fire. That was, visually, that was something to see. I ain't visually, it was good, yeah. Yeah, visually, that was something to see. You know, they, they pulled that off, but it just doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't fit the, the uh, I don't want to say character, but description of the drug that I that I was introduced to in the movie. I didn't right. I didn't put the parallels together. You know, they didn't. The, the drug wasn't very well defined. It wasn't very well played out. What the fuck this drug did to you and why it did it and all that. So the ending was even more disjointed because Jamie Foxx. That's what enabled him to save the day. Was pop the damn drug. You know, right. the very thing that that you know. And I get that because that 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 could be played with. I, as a matter of fact, I like what the what the writer did with that narrative as how was how you can be on the other side of the law and still utilize the drug to try to take it out, you know, on that legal end. You know, I, I got that. I like what he did with that. Mm-hmm. But even with, with Jamie Foxx in the end, you know, that's the dichotomy as him being uh, a dude who understands what the drug does and he's trying to remove the drug and eliminate the drug, but he finds himself in a situation where he has to pop the drug to save his daughter. I like that dichotomy dichotomy of that. Um, But I just didn't understand, like, in that scene, like, throughout the movie, okay, what the fuck, how do you fucking know that this drug is going to do what you wanted to do? Like, how are you going to know this drug won't kill you and everybody on the damn, what, what, they want a boat or some shit, right? Right. Like, how do you know, how do you know what will be a result of you taking this damn drug? That, to me, was never really well, that part, I think he knew because he has taken it before. Okay, so because why? Because, why? Did, where did you get that impression from, though? Like, because in the movie earlier, when I was telling you earlier about how they how he was describing uh, seeing his daughter uh, growing up and seeing her powers, he had described his power and how he he's only used it one time 
but didn't didn't want to use it again because it it was it almost killed him and, and everyone around him. So he he said he wouldn't he doesn't want to use it again. And that's the connection to that as to for me as to how he knew what it was going to do. But this is where I, this is where I'm lost because on one hand, from what I remember, they were describing it as something that was uh, was was something he just he's able to do as a supernatural power, not not yeah, power okay, that he gets but, from the pill. That's, even as I read the plot, as, as I'm listening to you, I just gave that mm-hmm. plot a little bit on IMDb. Mm-hmm. It says that when a pill gives its users an unpredictable or gives his, his users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes. So yes. you can't predict it. Well, it's, you can't predict it the first time, but I'm assuming after that, you still get the same, it, again. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, that yeah but you're assuming, to... man. This movie was almost two hours. No, I'm assuming, we walked that away that's with... what, that, I'm assuming that because that's what I saw every single time. So remember when, when Machine Gun Kelly's character, Newt, was running through the hall and he his flame went out? He took he popped three more pills and he turned into that flame again and kept running because he was, he was, he was in that hallway, like slumped over, popped three more pills and then got this Probably burnt to a crisp. Yeah. And, and went at it and then blew up. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Frank, Joseph Gordon Levitt's uh, character. The first time he took it, he was bulletproof. Like they, 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 that guy shot him in the head, bullet ricocheted off. He went unconscious for a second, and then he was good. Um, toward toward that scene, um, later in the film where where they were on the ship, when he was going, he was trying to get onto the onto the um onto the boat. The security guard shot him, but he shot him after he took the pill. Right. And so he and he was bulletproof at that point. So I'm assuming the f- the first time you take it, you don't know what the hell is going to do to you. But after you find out what it does to you, you know moving forward what power you have. And that's where the the plot is weird because if it's supposed to be unpredictable, it should be something that changes every single time. It shouldn't be that you 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 don't. And you know shouldn't just be able time. to properly fit into the scenario and utilize. Right, right. You know, just for that, you know, just the right time, just how you choose to utilize it. You know, right. It, it, it's too convenient. Like it's, I said, for, it's weird for the pill to be the driving part of this narrative. That was the most undeveloped part of the movie, so it just makes it good because you see Jamie Foxx. He's playing a pretty decent character. There's nothing, you know particularly unique about this character he plays. He's a military guy, whatever. So you get to see Jamie Foxx. You get to see the, the, the dynamic between him and the young black girl and how that developed into a, a almost a, a relationship kind of like his daughter. All of that was good. I mean, it, it was a good part. It, overall, it was a good movie. But mm-hmm. it could have been a better movie if we really knew what the fuck this pill did. Like what what the, if, if, it was, if it was, there was consistent shit that came from using the pill. So. Just like you kept saying, is that you have you're left to assume this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're left to assume this, and that's really a bad situation to be in when you gotta watch a movie for almost two hours. You know what I mean? You gotta walk away with a bunch of assumptions on what the shit did. That's a failure in the screenwriting. 
But maybe if he was more developed in, you know, focusing on developing the drug instead of, you know, weaving in some racist shit at, with the with the animal <laughs> hospital shit, you know, instead of him putting the thought in that, maybe there should have been a little bit more thought put into uh, the the, the uh, description and the, and the characteristics, so to speak, of this pill, because it, it wasn't done. Yeah, it wasn't done. Very, that wasn't done very well, and that's a failure of the script. For the sure. directors, though, the direction. It, it saved this movie. You know, it was the movie. That was the movie, the directors. Which oh, yeah. Henry, and we, we didn't even mention them. Uh, Henry Juiced and Ariel Schulman. So this movie had two directors. And uh, written by Matt. The direction was good. You know, that, that was good. The screenwriting was not. That's my walk away, so. Yeah, the screenwriting was trash. It don't really cost you nothing. You're already paying to have the movie sitting on, on, on Netflix, so you might as well watch it. Um... So with that, you know, I do recommend the movie, but I recommend it because it's free. You know, it's, it's not nothing that you should really go out of your way and, and see because it's not much there as far as uh, creativity. This is one of those films you watch, you know how on a Friday or a Saturday you're at the house and, you know, there's nothing on TV? Right. This is perfect for that moment. Oh, perfect Netflix and chill movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you got two hours to find something to do with this girl, with this, and you should... <laughs> Or, or the guy, whatever you would, you know, you got a good hour and 53 minutes to figure it out with this one. And you're not going to, just the audio and the catching the glimpse or two, you're not going to miss much. You know, just the scenes really, uh, are really worth watching um, are the, the dope scenes, you know what I mean, when they pop the pill. Those are worth watching. And the dynamic between Jamie Foxx and, and, and uh, Dominique Fishback, that, that's a pretty good aspect of the story. But... I mean, Netflix and chill with this one, man. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way though. If you got an old girl on the way to the house, go ahead and pop this on. You ain't go. You know, it's safe. It's, 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 good for it's, that. it's a cool movie. Yeah, it's, it's a cool movie. It ain't all that though. It, it's not there. It's not much there intellectually and all that type of shit. Nah, nah. So, uh, yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's what I got for this one, D. What else? Uh, anything else you want to do on this? One? Nah, I'm I'm good on this movie, man. That that was uh, I don't even I I I wouldn't necessarily recommend it in terms of being something that you have to go see, but I would recommend it for those those days. It's just nothing on TV. Yeah, right. go down and watch it. It's cool. Um, right. It's a something of, to do movie. In ter- yeah, in terms of recommendation though, yeah, Extraction definitely go see that. Okay. Definitely go see that. that. That was a good one. All right. Well, that's another one for the books, bro. Yes, sir. Another one for the books. And to y'all, thank y'all for listening to this conversation between me and, and Derek. We appreciate y'all as always. Most streaming with us today, this morning, or tonight, whatever you're listening to. Continue to rock with us. Um, with No Chase Film Society, man, we got some good stuff coming up for y'all. We mentioned before, and we'll mention again, we got the Tupac filmography series coming up real, 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 real soon. So check us out on that, man. Also, we got a lot of great podcasts that are on the OTS platform that that Derek is is working behind the scenes and producing. Some of them he's featured on. Go to OTS, um, OTS Guys. It's OTS Guys on, on Instagram, right? Yeah, at OTS guys. At OTS guys on Instagram, go check that out. 
to kind of get a, a an idea of some of the variety he has. It's a little, it's basically a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. Um, whether you the, the, the ladies, the sports head, the gamer, the music head, it's it's the entire platform that he's building. Please support this, especially because uh, we won't hit talking about race shit. So I might as well push the envelope a little bit more, especially <laughs> if you're black. You know what I mean? This man, and I, I just want to brag on this brother for a minute because I've been wanting to do this for for a minute. This brother is doing something phenomenal, man. Um, and he'll never say it, but there is really nobody else in the game doing what Derek is doing, you know what I mean, the way he's doing it. If they are, I don't see him, you know, pr yeah. producing. But this is a, a black man who's independently building brick by brick a, a digital platform in the podcast neighborhood, which is really bigger than just podcasting at this point. Yeah. And, and, and he's doing it with integrity. He's doing it with, with regard to our culture. I mean, dude, I got to say, and I think I told you this personally, I haven't seen anybody put in the work with it, with the integrity that you've been doing in podcasting since the late great Combat Jack. You know, yeah, um, that means a lot, man. I, I really think you're doing something historical with this. I'm proud to be a part of this project, man. As far as No Chase Film Society and what we're offering to the pro to the platform, and if you are not supporting him, and and and, and you black, you need to question your integrity and question your devotion to your race and just your existence, <laughs> man, because this is what we need. This is the shit type of shit we've been talking about in a roundabout way on this podcast is independence, man, breaking off and creating something of our own. Stop waiting for people to tell our stories for us. This man, Derek, is walking in those footsteps. Brother, I'm proud to be on this platform with you. Please go to OTS, guys, and check it out. I appreciate that, bro, most definitely. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad to have you on board, man. And we got a lot of stuff to do. A lot of, lot of. We actually, we actually have another show that we're we're um we just thought of last night that we're gonna about we're about to develop. So by the end of end of the year, podcasts and YouTube together, I think we'll be sitting on about twenty five, twenty six shows by the end of the year. Independently produce. Yeah. Twenty six shows. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. Y'all log on to whatever platform you listening to on and subscribe. Make sure you like every video on YouTube. That's the only way this is going to be able to continue to give y'all the quality that we've been giving y'all and attract the advertising dollars that we need so we can kind of create and continue to perfect the project. So, man, y'all just support this brother, man. I'm, I'm appealing to y'all personally over here on this microwave. Support what he's doing. OTS is the future of podcasting for, for black people. There's nobody else is investing in our community as far as podcasting like this man is right here. And NCFS is just one. It's a lot this brother is doing that needs our support. I'm proud to be on the on the on the platform, man. I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. So with with that said, D, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I am Chris Ali on Instagram. Check me out. NC Film Society on Instagram also. Check that out. Uh, Derek is on there. I'll let him give his handle. Yes, sir. Uh, at Derek underscore OTS. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K underscore OTS. And at OTS, guys, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we have a ton of content coming out on there. Uh, we just debuted 
our first YouTube-based show uh, last week called Plugged In. Um, and we're, we're developing, I think, like three or four more. So, we, yeah, blood, most definitely go, go subscribe to that. Um, we post on YouTube pretty much every day now. So every day or every other day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my brother. Well, uh, that's another one, man. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, until then, watch a damn movie. No Chase Film Society. We done with it.